as Samaritan's Purse has responded to storms and disasters around the world. I just want to assure you that every time we respond, we want to do it in Jesus' name. I want the world to know that God loves them, that God hasn't forgotten them, and that when people go through storms, it's not that God is mad at them. Storms happen. Sometimes God uses storms to get our attention. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And as you may have guessed, this is going to be a big episode. This month, Samaritan's Purse is celebrating 50 years of helping in Jesus's name. As the ministry has grown over half a century, the heart of sharing God's love to those in need has not wavered. Today, you'll hear from a few voices that have served with the ministry since its earliest days. First, I wanna introduce you to Paula Woodring, the Vice President for Quality Assurance. She has worked at Samaritan's Purse for 36 years and is going to help bring the history to life for this episode. When I think back to those days, the foundation was the same. The foundation mm. was on prayer. We met every morning just like we do now. Mm. But when it was 12 or 18 people, it was the same thing. And um, we, we took the prayer requests from people, from people who support the ministry with their prayers and their financial giving. We prayed for them in the same way that we do now. Mm all of these years later. So I love that the foundation is prayer. And we acknowledge the first thing of every day that we can't do it on our own. It's not our work, it's mm -hmm. God's work. And we need His help, His enabling, His anointing on what we do. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so important that um, we start the day with prayer. And that has remained the same all through the years. I love the prayer of the founder of Samaritan's Purse, Bob Pierce. Let my heart be broken with the things that break the heart of God. His mission for this organization was to meet emergency needs in crisis areas through the church. To this day, Samaritan's Purse continues to work through the local church. Franklin Graham sat down with me and shared how he and Bob's friendship formed. Tell us about Dr. Bob Pierce coming into your life. Well, um, Bob Pierce, we were... Um in, in 75, uh, Bob invited me to go on a trip with him. I was on my way to, to, to coming to Appalachian School, so I went ahead and took this trip with Bob while I still had time to do it. And he wanted to go around the world. He wanted me to see the things that uh, he had seen. I think Bob in his heart was hoping that I would take Samaritan's Purse. He had started, only gone for just a few years. He was sick with leukemia. Uh, his secretary, uh, and he had, it was himself and like three secretaries, and that was... That's what Samaritan's Purse uh, was at that time. But when I traveled with Bob, uh, I, I, I saw the, the world through Bob's eyes. And he was looking for people that were in the ditch along life's road, people that had been abandoned, people that needed help. And uh, Bob would help them. Bob Pierce founded Samaritan's Purse in 1970 after traveling through Asia with Youth for Christ. He encountered a group of women living among lepers and orphans, sacrificing everything to share God's love. Through this, God gave him the vision of Samaritan's Purse, an organization of Christians who cared for the poor and suffering in the distant corners of the world. Bob died of leukemia in 1978, and almost a year later, Franklin Graham became the president and chairman of the board of Samaritan's Purse. And it wasn't until a year later that uh, the board finally met and said, Franklin, we feel you're the person to take over the leadership of the organization. And I remember we were in Los Angeles at the hotel there at the airport, and uh, when they made that motion and everybody voted yes, I thought, well, now what do I do? How many times have we all felt that way? Asking God, now what do I do? Yet this is the decision that Franklin came to. 
And everyone that I sat down with, they brought up Franklin's leadership and the impact it's made in their lives. So Paula, you are in a position of leadership and I know leadership comes such responsibility. You know, how has Franklin's leadership helped you then lead other people? Well, I've always appreciated the fact that Franklin never feels the pressure to lead like anyone else or to um, respond as a ministry do things the way that other ministries may necessarily do them. Um, he is looking for how does God want us to respond as a ministry? Mm-hmm. And that may be different, but he's okay with that. And so he wants us to be looking for where God wants us to be and what God wants us to be doing. And it doesn't have to be what has been done before, mm-hmm. or it doesn't have to be what everyone else is doing at the same time. I, I appreciate that because as his daughter-in-law, you know, I see him up close too, mm-hmm. like you do. And he is the same out in public or at home with us and the kids. And I think of him like you, that he seeks God's approval, you know, and not man's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of Galatians 1.10, it says, for, I, for do I now persuade men or God? And do I seek to please men? If I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And I think he does do that so powerfully. You know, he is, fears God's approval more than man. And that is, um, I think, what makes his leadership different in my opinion. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Isn't it amazing how God has used someone's humility and obedience to do what seems impossible? No one could have dreamed back then what Samaritan's Purse would become because of God's favor. To this day, the scope of the ministry continues to expand to help more people in need from every tongue, tribe, and nation. In the story of the Good Samaritan, where Samaritan's Purse gets its name, God says, go and do likewise. Ken Isaacs, the Vice President of Programs and Government Relations, shared with me how Samaritan's Purse is living out that commandment each day. If you look at the parable of the Good Samaritan in the book of Luke, this guy's beaten, he's left in the ditch, right, left for dead. And the holy men of the day, the, the, they walk around him. And the social outcast, the Samaritan, he sees him, he takes pity on him, and he goes to him. The, the, those are important steps in this analysis. His compassion in his heart, and he went to him. And the first thing he did was he bandaged his wounds. Hmm. That's medical. And he put him on the donkey. That's logistical. And he took him to the inn where he took care of him. He would have gotten shelter. He would have gotten water. He would have gotten food. He would have gotten a blanket. Hmm. And he left two coins for intermediate care. And in that parable, Christ described the six sectors of emergency response perfectly. Ken's explanation of the parable of the Good Samaritan and how it directly parallels emergency response has changed the way I think about that story. I see Samaritan's Purse living out this parable every day, both here in the U.S. and around the world. I also had the chance to sit down with Brian Willis, Vice President of Special Events, who has worked with Samaritan's Purse for 37 years and has seen this growth firsthand. As we approach the 50th anniversary, you know, coming up in a couple weeks, um, I feel like there's so much to wrap your mind around. I mean, uh, over the past 50 years, but I just would love to know from someone who's been there for a bulk of it, what stands out to you the most? The way the Lord has blessed the ministry. Christy, I remember Franklin saying when we moved out to this property that we're on four or five years after I started, he had a, a moment where he said, how in the world am I going to explain this large office building to our board of directors. Hmm. We'd built it for growth and we were coming with a uh, pretty small staff. Mm-hmm. 
and just to watch, not the way the Lord has filled up office space, but the way the Lord has grown the ministry and the work and the things that we get involved in. Not only did God grow the ministry to fill this large office space, but now the headquarters is home to over 700 members with satellite locations in North Wilkesboro, Texas, California, and Charlotte. It's really incredible to see, and it reminds me of the founder of Samaritan's Purse, Bob Pierce, and the God Room principle that he always relied on. There are so many things that I, quotes that I love of Dr. Pierce, but one of them is his expression, God Room. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that expression to us and maybe a way that God has proven himself through that God Room? When Samaritan's Purse was much smaller, we, we just didn't have the resources. And uh, Bob said, you know, Franklin, because um, I was talking to him about raising money, and how you raise money and that kind of thing. He said, Franklin, accept a need where after you have done all that you can do, you, you've reached a, a certain level. But yet that is not the, the ultimate need. The need is higher than that. But after you have done all that you can do, that's where you and your staff, you pray and you watch God just close that gap. And uh, he said, operate on the God room principle always leave a little bit of room in every project and everything that you do for God just to work. And it's so important. And, and sometimes we forget that. Mm-hmm. We need to leave God. In, we need to make him a part of every equation that we do. And that's, uh, if we ever take our eyes off of that, then I think God's hand, he'll just remove his hand of blessing off Samaritan's Purse. One of the reasons we meet every day for devotions uh, as an organization uh, I think that's the most important part of the day because I want God to begin the day with us as we go throughout the day. Uh, it's not just having God room for the projects, but God have room in our lives to, to, to manage and to help run and direct our affairs on a day-to-day basis. So um, this organization is about one thing. It's about evangelism. Uh, taking the gospel to the wars of this world, to the uh, the storms of this world, uh, the chaos of this world, and helping people through those times and through those difficulties, but doing it in Jesus' name and doing it in such a way that we can not just interject Christ into that equation, but so that we can make Christ known and, um, and invite people to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. To celebrate this 50th anniversary, I asked a lot of people in leadership how the organization has changed. What both surprised and encouraged me is not what has changed, but what has stayed the same. I think uh, the biggest way that it's changed that you can see is size Mm -hmm. and reach, doing so many more things at the same time. But to me, it feels very similar. It just feels like we are doing the same thing that we were doing then. We're just Mm -hmm. doing more of it in different ways, which is exciting and feels like such a privilege to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And so what does 50 years of Samaritan's Purse ministry mean to you? Well, the Lord tells us that he's the same yesterday, today, Mm -hmm. and forever. And knowing that he cares about the souls of men and that he's continuing this work, I think it, it, it speaks to me that the need is still the same for people out there. So our message has to be the same. And Samaritan's Purse has been consistent. Franklin reminds leadership often that we can't take our eyes off the Lord and his hand of blessing. Mm-hmm. He said many times that his big, biggest fear is that God would move, remove his hand of blessing from Samaritan's purse 
if we get off track or start to take the credit for ourselves, you know, bragging about things that we've done. And so for 50 years, we've seen God's faithful hand of sustenance and blessing. And it just makes me thankful and worshipful and want to serve him even more. I look forward to seeing what he's gonna do in the, in the coming years. From the very early days and even as, as um, even last week, Franklin has used the same type of reminder to all of us as a staff, whether it's individually or as a group, to remind us that what we have is all, and it's a Bob Pierce saying, mm -hmm. uh, what we have comes from God and we give it out of his hand. Mm -hmm. But Franklin reminds us that we are blessed, greatly blessed of the Lord to do this work. And he has given us resources and he's given us great people and he's given us a lot of work to do he can get the rocks to do the work if that's what he needs. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not just a reminder that he gave us, you know, when there were 12 or 15 of us, it's a reminder that he still gives us. He's exactly right. We have to be right before the Lord mm -hmm. and we have to do what we do to honor him. And if we bring dishonor, which is mm -hmm. the opposite of that, if we bring dishonor, we have actually prayed as an organization that we that he take away his hand of blessing and, and stop our work. Mm -hmm. um, we'd rather not dishonor him, so stop our work. God's hand of blessing has been over the ministry and brought the people to do the work. Through all of this growth, the heart of the mission has never changed. I loved hearing the hearts of these ministry leaders. That's a thought that is shared across the ministry. It brings to mind Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It's evident that through this growth, the heart of the mission hasn't changed. The mission statement is taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's as simple as that. But I want people to know that God loves them, that God cares for them. Over and over again, the mission has remained the same, helping people in need and sharing the hope we have in Jesus. Because of this, God has allowed our staff to grow by the hundreds. Can you give us a breakdown of the different departments? Well, Samaritan's Purse had fewer departments, of course, when we started. And as we grew, they had to break off into, mm. into multiple, uh, multiple departments. And we continue to do that today. So we have uh, our implementing projects, departments like Operation Christmas Child and our International Projects Department and North American Ministries. Years ago, those were all one, and they've had mm. to split off as they grew, and the work became, became more refined and specific. So as we grow, we divide off. Communications used to include broadcast, and at some point in time, that divided to be broadcast and video and communications and the rest of that world. And then we have our administrative functions with corporate affairs and finance. Everyone um, working together behind the scenes and on the front lines to accomplish the same purpose, getting the gospel out there. And we don't wanna uh, forget HR, that's one of our important departments, human resources. And the people that God has called to Samaritan's Purse is one of the things that I appreciate most. I see him put it together like a puzzle, mm -hmm. like pieces of a body that we can run a, a race well and with endurance, but without all of, all of those different skills and abilities that I'm constantly amazed at, we would falter 
we would trip, we would limp. We wouldn't go at the same pace. We wouldn't be able to accomplish the same thing. So if we're looking for people who are not looking for, for careers, but are coming here because of a calling, mm-hmm. no matter the cost in their life, not the reward, the cost mm-hmm. in their life to be here, then he, I have seen him make that into a team that he is using to do incredible ministry around the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege to be a part of that. When I asked my husband, Edward Graham, the same question, he also spoke about the growth and how God has blessed us with so many resources right at our fingertips. As we celebrate 50 years of ministry of Samaritan's Purse, how have you watched the organization change over the years? God has entrusted us with resources, um, wonderful resources that we do not deserve. But because of the talented staff, the people that we have that are faithful, the capability, the opportunities, and the access that we have to share the gospel is incredible and it's mind-blowing. But that's because God is, just like Scripture talks about, entrusting us with either five bags of gold Mm -hmm. or three bags of gold. I think because the talent, the staff we have here, God entrusts us with a lot of resources. And with that comes the expectation that we will charge forward in the name of Jesus Christ and share the gospel throughout the ends of the earth. That's what I've seen is the access and the capability. That's the greatest change. It was small. Yes, it's gotten larger, but we didn't grow for the sake of growing. Mm -hmm. I think Samaritan's Purse has grown because God has allowed that because the staff here has been faithful to go out and use those resources in his name. That is what our mission is, to remain faithful to what God has asked us to do and to continue taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. One of our unofficial mission statements as an organization is something Ken Isaacs coined, but it is the backdrop to everything that we do. So over the years, based off of a lot of experience going around the world, I realized that the quality of our work is the platform of our witness. And for 30 years, I've been saying that to people that work with me. So it, it comes from, um, in my heart, the way that I use it in my life and in our ministry is uh, from First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they would see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Practically, what I've always recognized is that we come into countries and we're invited because something happened. And whatever we do to respond to that crisis, to that disaster, to that need, that's the platform of our work. That's what allows us into a country. That's what allows us access to people. So if we go and we uh, are going in the name of Christ and we do a mediocre job, that's a pretty weak witness. If we insult somebody, that's a weak witness. If we don't honor someone, if we don't love people, if we don't treat them the way that we would want to be treated. So it sort of interconnects with the golden rule and um, uh, love your neighbors yourself. And um, so anyway, that is what I've always felt like that is the doorway for Samaritan's Purse to take the gospel forward in the world. And that is the quality of our work as a platform of our witness. As we wrap up this episode, I wanna leave you with that. The quality of our work is the platform of our witness. Whether you have one coin or many, we need to wisely invest the resources that God has given us. 1 Samuel 7:12 is the verse that we keep coming back to as we celebrate 50 years of ministry and pray for wisdom to continue working in Jesus' name for many more years to come. It says, thus far, the Lord has helped us. I hope that you are encouraged today, not by what Samaritan's Purse has done, but by what God has done. 
Everything we do is for His glory, to take the good news to the ends of the earth. Thanks for listening today. Throughout 2020, Samaritan's Purse will continue to share stories of the ways God has moved through Samaritan's Purse. You can find these on our website at samaritanspurse.org. Before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review so that more people can hear the testimonies of how God is working. Speaking of testimonies, we wanted to leave you today with some of the voices of people who have been helped through your faithful prayers and support. I was so shocked and surprised to have Samaritan Purse come out and fix my house. It's just wonderful. It doesn't seem like it's real. Sometimes I have to just pinch myself. I just have to stop and give God the honor and the glory. Thank you for all the hard work you're putting in here. I knew before Samaritan's Purse ever walked up, I didn't even know who Samaritan's Purse was before this. So I didn't know to even expect or hope for you guys to show up. But I know God, and I knew that He would some way, somehow, show miracles in my life. 